0: Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill.
1: Oh. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 72 of the Big Show, some enforcer based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Wednesday? Oh, crazy times, eh? Well, uh, got a really fun guest for you today. Uh, Dean Mayrad makes his return back to the show. Um, just, uh, you know, with the talk of the, of the fight tournament and of course him being the former, uh, you know, or previous winner in 2005 of the battle of the hockey enforcers, I, I wanted to get his thoughts on it. And we talk about, uh, got contacted or not. And plus also talk about his, uh. I always like to do the the five toughest opponents. I've done it with Josh Mazer and Chris Graf, so wanted to get Dean's thoughts on it. And uh, and that's actually I will say that's one of the one of the cool things about uh, um, doing this podcast um, was getting to know some of the guys um, through doing interviews with them. Of course, obviously I interviewed Dean previously. Um, please go back in the back uh, off the top of my head. I, I can't remember what episode it is, but. Um, would we'll do a like a career long interview with him. Um, it's like two and a half hours. And, and Dean was a really interesting story. I mean, not only did he play pro hockey, he was also in the movie The Love Guru with Bob Probert as an extra and, uh, with Timberlake and Myers. And he talks about that experience and, uh, you know, and the guy, fought, he fought everybody and he's boxed and done everything. So, in the tournament with the enforcers. So he was a really interesting guest. Great interview. Gives really thoughtful answers. Like, I mean, I know Dean really wanted to make the interview. Um, you know, solid. So I know he took a lot of, uh, he, he really uh, prepared, but I mean, he, he really thought about, you know, I told him the topics that we're going to talk, some of the topics we're going to talk about, and the questions I was going to ask and and, um, you know, and he took it serious and, uh, you can just tell in his answers, um, from listening to him that, you know, he put a lot of thought into the, to the answers and it was, it's appreciated as a host that, that, you know, when a guest takes that much, um, you know, um, prepares that much you know you know obviously it means something to them as well not to say that others haven't but you know what i'm saying it was just uh you know it was really cool that he that he took that much of an interest and and he's been great and he's got me he's got me other aaron bow and other other guests as well so i mean i can't thank dean enough so but um in saying that um you know as since that episode or even before it um you know i'd phone him at work and we just kind of discuss a few topics or whatever if i had A question I'd run by him, and I've just um, I've just always uh, really really enjoyed our conversations, and uh, I mean I've I've called him on lunch break and whatever, and hey, I was thinking about this, and I've run some ideas by him, and uh, you know, and just ask about LNAH stuff, and we just talk about you know fighting in general, and uh, you know, I've really I've really enjoyed those conversations and the interactions I've had with them, and and it wouldn't be possible, I might have been possible, but it would have been a lot harder, but without the podcast, so. Um, you know, and that, and that number of people are like that with this show. So, I mean, um, it just takes me back to the episode, the previous episode I did, um, when I was just talking about, uh, kind of a year in review or, um, just, um, this last year on the network, um, uh, what it's been like just, uh, podcasting and, 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 and talking and interviewing people and, and, and that's been one of the real, um, you know, as, uh, you know, and that, I guess you tend, you know, I always, you bitch about certain things. And I mean, you guys, anybody that's listened to this show for a while, know, you know, I've, I've been open with, uh, my frustrations on a few things. And, and, uh, but at the same time, um, you know, you gotta, you have to list the positives as well, right? And I mean, the positives, far uh, you know, far outweigh the negatives, of course, or else why would you do this? But, um, but that has definitely been one of the, one of the highlights has been getting to know, um, you know, on some of the guests, you interview them, and that's really the last time you talk to them. Well, you know, and that that's fine, whatever. But there's been other guys that, um, you know, I've carried on a correspondence with at the very least. And, uh, no, and it's been really fun. And, and Dean's one of those guys, so it, it was cool. So um, I, I kind of needed some content. And, uh, you know, I, I know he's on night shift, and kind of you know, anybody that does shift work knows how that, that battle goes. So um, kind of, I didn't t- keep too much of his time. I think we talked for about 45 minutes, but... Uh, I know he has to go back to work, but, uh, no, I wanted to, it was, uh, like I said, it's always fun talking to Dean and, uh, you know, and I just like the LNH stuff so much. Uh, and like I said, and he's, uh, I know he was, he was really, uh, he really broke down the fighting and was really, uh, analytical about it. So, uh, in his career, and I mean, like I said, in his, in his full length interview on the show, um, we, re- he, we really get into the whole science of fighting. So, um, you know. But so if, if you're if you're interested in that, definitely go back and check that out. Like I said, seventy one other episodes to go back and uh, check out. Like I said, I've talked to you know Dean and John Morasti and Steve McIntyre, Clark Wilm and uh, Dan Kopeck, and on and on the uh, lots of guys. So definitely, please check out the back catalog. Um, again, it's the Hockey Podcast Network. So forty other shows on the network. Everything's firing up. Uh, what is it, tomorrow the NHL starts? Um, so, of course, all of the NHL teams are represented on the network. There's a, So whatever uh, team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. So check it out. Um, I'm part of the original content side of the network, along with Brad Lieb and Terry Ryan. Um, yeah, and then, of course, for my off-network friends, uh, Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Um, he covers the Islanders, uh, kind of tough, tough guy history. And uh, his last episode was with Kevin Devine. Uh, former WHA player and and he played for the Islanders briefly, but uh, it was kind of cool. They you know how many times you get to hear WHA stories, so that was really cool. And uh, but Joe over the year over this over this time is Mick Fakota, Eric Bolton, Jason Strudwig, Aaron Ashton. I mean Joe does a great job in depth, knows what he's talking about. Um, Dean Ewan, like a lot of these guys, he has like personal friendships with. So um, you know it's it's uh, you know you you kind of get a different side of the interview as well. A lot more personal kind of stuff, or you know, like a personable interview. It's not just cold. Um, you know, obviously, you, when you have a history with these people, um, it's a little different interviewing them. And uh, and like I said, Joe d- turns over every stone and covers it all. So no, Joe does a great job. And I think I'm not sure. I don't something with I should something with COVID or something was going on. He's been out for a while, and I think I just saw that he posted something about he's battling back from COVID. So um we'll find i think his episode actually comes out tomorrow as well so um yeah we'll get to the bottom of that but uh hope he's doing okay but uh because that's you you, we actually kind of text back and forth uh you know i actually now that i think about it i haven't talked to him for about a week or two so i'll have to send him a text after i'm done recording this but uh no and then of course alec over at the five for fighting show um you know, he, I mean, between married, getting, he, he ended up getting COVID and married and moved and, you know, so, I mean, he's been, uh, you know, super busy and obviously podcasting sort of the last thing on his mind, but, uh, I think his last episode was with Frank Littlejohn. Um, so, but he will have an episode coming out right away. I know he interviewed a guy, so, um, I'm not going to say who it was or anything, but I know it—it—it it is in the can, so to speak. So he does have some uh, content coming out. And uh, I look forward to hearing that because Alec does a great job. And like I said, go back in his back catalog. Ridiculous, Segroy, Yablonski, Um, You know, Alec, again, Alec does a great job. Um, he also is the owner and operator of the Enforcer Appreciation page on Facebook. Um, actually, I talk about it when I'm talking with Dean. We bring up a topic on there and I'm babbling and stumbling over my words. And, and I, I think I say Facebook page. I think I finally spit it out. But yes, Enforcer Appreciation Group on Facebook, and it's got like ten thousand members or something. But um, yeah, lots of traffic on that site, and uh, yeah, but Alec does a great job. But uh, and then for my non-fight podcasts, of course, I have the Slewfoot Show with Fred and Dave, and the Obey the Puck Show with Paul, Dan, and Kelly. They should be getting rolled. Wow, the Slewfoot guys are going there. Those those folks are current hockey, so they're gonna definitely have some. Uh, topics to talk about here tomorrow starting tomorrow so uh, and I know current hockey like I always say I'm obviously I'm not I don't watch current hockey but I don't have to because I do listen to those shows so they keep me updated and uh, thank and I thank them for that for not having to watch but staying in the loop gotta stay in the know man so uh, but yes uh, those are uh, those are the podcasts to listen to other than that folks uh, oh hey YouTube fourth line voice on YouTube Subscribe to the channel, check it out, go down the rabbit hole. I have 2,200 fights on there, from junior to pro, they're all sorted. Whatever league you're looking for, just go to the search engine, type it in. NHL, WHL, OHL, UHL, LNAH, it's all on there. My guest today, Dean Mayrad. you want to see some of his fights? Check it out. Plus, I actually have the entire 2005 Hockey Enforcers event from Prince George. is on there, it's in two parts. Um, I think just, I don't care, just type in hockey enforcers, it'll come up. Um, Definitely check that out. Um, Yeah, it was a very interesting event, caused a lot of controversy. And uh, if this fight event goes through, this is going to cause a lot of controversy. And oh, in 2005, it was controversial. I couldn't imagine in 2021. Holy shit. Yeah, the, oh, the hockey, oh, the hockey knees will be crying. I love it. I hope, I so hope that this UFC event happens. Um, the, the uh, Daryl Woloski, who was the uh, creator of the first tournament is involved in this one as well, um, as well as Josh Gratton. So um, I talked about this all in the last episode, but uh, I have reached out to Josh and uh, asked him to come on the show and just say what's going on. He said he would, he just wants to have a few more meetings to kind of firm up some things. And then when he has like, obviously, um, Con- concrete, uh, not evidence, well, it's a concrete, uh, you know, when it's going to be and the, what's it all about and participants and whatever. He definitely said he would come on the show and tell everybody what's going on. So really looking forward to that. I hope they can make it happen. Definitely be something unique. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting going forward. And like I said, I talked to Dean about it here in the interview, so you can, you can get, you'll hear his feelings on it. But, uh, other than that, guys, like I said, uh, another Wednesday. I know usually these uh, my episodes are like two, two. Well, the last one was Steve Parsons. What was it? Two parts, and it was almost six hours. So I know people with the fourth line. When you tune into the fourth line voice, you're used with the interviews anyway. You're uh, you're used to hearing the big two, two and a half hour um, documentaries. But uh, today's will be a little shorter. I think we'll, you know, we'll be close to an hour, hour and a bit. Um, but. Um, yeah, like I said, guys, I've, I've talked to a few people, um, you know, just with everything going on. And like I said, in the last episode, I talked about it, um, had some, compu- we bought a new computer and installing, install and out, uninstall and install and update and everything else and not recognized. And there is lots of like, you know, anybody listening, who's <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've all tried to work with computers and, uh, and when you're not a real computer person, frustration isn't the word. So, uh, but we're, Looks like we're, we're, we gotta We gotta go, well I shouldn't say, I always say we I shouldn't say we, my wife Got it up and going And, uh, and even last night We were messing around with Skype And I had to make sure it was working And it wasn't working, and oh that was a What do I turn off, what turned off What needs to be turned on, and oh my god 45 minutes, of course right when every, She's trying to go to bed too Yeah, so I was real popular at 11 o'clock Last night uh, trying to figure out because you know, I wanted to interview Dean at like in the afternoon here, you know, so yeah, you couldn't have done this on Saturday. Uh, and I actually didn't think about it, but uh, yeah, so we got it going anyway and recording, so um, yeah, um, uh, so my interviews have been actually it, it's been it kind of sucked because I well, that's well for a while there, I was really ahead of the game, I had like two interviews in the can and had all this content that I could just sit back and, but, uh, unfortunately that all got used up. And, uh, now I'm, uh, to, to be completely honest after this, I mean, son, my Sunday episodes, a solo episode obviously coming up here, but after I haven't talked to anybody, I don't have any other interviews done yet. So yeah, I'm going to have to, uh, I have a few in the bullpen that I've talked to guys and I have one scheduled for next week. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to have to, uh, track someone down and, and, and get something recorded for you guys for next Wednesday. But, uh, in the meantime, I have this finished. So, uh, you know, and, and, uh, I really want to thank Dean cause it really, was I, I talked to him about coming on before a bunch of times, but this was really last minute where I was like, Holy shit, dude, I'm like, I really need you to come on. So, um, again, I thank him, thank him for coming on. But, uh, other than that, guys, I don't know what my deal is lately. I, I said this in the last episode on Sunday solo episode, I've just been, uh, I don't know what it is. Like my mind's racing or it's going a million miles an hour. Like I know what I want to say, but I'm like stumbling over my words and I don't know. I don't know what my deal is lately. Like I don't really have a format. So I mean, I have bullet points written down about what I want to talk about, but other than that, it's just hit record and go. And sometimes it flows. And then other times it's just like, like my last episode, I think I stopped and started that like six or seven times. It was ridiculous. And I was just like, and I, and even afterwards, I listened back to the last part because that was kind of what the last part when I was talking about um, uh, people listening to the show and making assumptions or whatever. I went a bunch of different directions with that and I stopped it and redid it. And um, the World Junior stuff and everything else, that was easy to talk about. But the last part, I had a bunch of things I wanted to say and it didn't come out right and I was stumbling over words and. I don't know what my deal was. Even now, like, I'm doing this this intro, and I'm kind of like, I don't know. It's just, I'm kind of, I, I don't know what it, so, so I just want to apologize, guys. I'm sorry. I'm kind of all over the place here the last little while. And, I mean, interview is easy because I have my, my questions. I just ask them the way they go, right? And you just kind of play off whatever the guest says. But when it's a solo episode, and you're sitting here talking, and, it's, you know, I don't want to say I was unprepared. Like I said, I had my points I wanted to talk about, but I think it was just it was just struggling finding the words, and uh, at the end there. So, and even now, like doing this intro, I'm not not that I had anything planned for the intro because it was basically let's just you know we'll talk to Dean and kind of go on. But uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, so I just like I said, guys, I I just want to apologize. I Had a lot going on lately, and uh, I don't know if my head's just up my ass or something. I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, anyway. You didn't tune in, like I always say. You don't you don't tune in to listen to me. Well, I guess on the solo episodes, you tune in to listen to me. But I want to thank everybody though for the uh, feedback that I've been getting. It's actually the last, the last little. I mean, on Twitter, you'll always, oh, I listen. Hey, thanks, man. You know, and I appreciate everyone listening um, and the feedback. But I've actually received a bunch of emails and some private messages. Um, if you're on Twitter, fourth line, <coughs> pardon me, uh, fourth line voice on Twitter. Obviously, um, my DMs are open, as the kids say. Um, Send me a message through through Twitter, or if you're not on Twitter, um, hockeyfights at hotmail That's right, I still have a Hotmail account. It's Hockey Fights at Hotmail. That's like an awesome. How can I get rid of that? I think that was like my first email address I ever had. It was like 1998 or whatever. Um, but yes, ho- all one word: hockeyfights at hotmail Send me an email um, if you have a show idea or you just want to drop me a line. If tell me that you like the show, hated the show, whatever. Um, Feel free to do so, and also I'd really like if you have uh, any pictures out there, you know, whether it be from your newspaper, or some articles, or from an old magazine or whatever. Um, please, uh, I'd love to see them in terms of like tough guys or whatever. They don't have to be fight pictures, but just anything. I always, I always enjoy it. everybody. If you follow me on Twitter, everybody knows about. My infatuation with old hockey fight pictures and and stuff like that. I always like just collecting that stuff. So please, if you have any, I'd love to see what you have. Again, if you have any fight footage, even if it's on old VHS tapes. Speaking of which, guys, there, there's something I could talk about. Um, a guy that I work, with, I don't work with him, but he's, uh, I see him through work. I see him quite a bit downtown, and um, he was, and he's an old hockey guy, and he collects everything from. Oh, Everything old money to stamps to hockey cards to he was the one a couple years back. I got a whole stack of hockey cards from I took pictures of it. I put it all over Twitter, but um, he's kind of a hoarder. I don't know hoarder is the wrong word. Well, he's kind of a hoarder, I guess, but uh, he just got he's just got tons of shit. He's always always collected shit, whatever. Um, but I don't know how it came up. Well, it came up because we were we we're talking about old blades. I think he used to be the. We were talking about really old blades. So he's a he's a few years older and he's gotta be about early fifties, I think. But uh so he was just telling. we were sitting there he was on a smoke break and we were just kinda of bullshitting and uh I ran into him. So we were just talking old blade stories and he was telling me about uh you know, back in the Leroy Gorski, Dave Brown days. Like he grew up with Dave Brown on the west side here in Saskatoon, so um but he was just telling me some old stories. And it was always cool just to hear that, because that was a little before my time. Like I was like eight or nine. So I mean I don't remember Dave Brown playing for the Blades. But um he uh he would tell me he was telling me some stories and and I kind of mentioned, oh, I wish there was footage or whatever. And and I asked him, hey, of all your stuff, I'm like, Do you have any hockey fights on tapes? And and he said, Oh, I think I used to record the news and stuff. He goes, Yeah, I think I might have something. So I was like, Hey, do you have the tapes? And I knew he would have the tapes, especially this guy he goes, oh, yeah, they're probably somewhere, you know, over at my mom's house or whatever. He goes, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. And I kind of, I never brought it up again. But, and then, like I said, this had to be at least a year or two ago. Well, I saw him the other day, and we were talking. And he goes, and he, unfortunately, I feel bad for him, but his mom had a house fire. Um, there was a lot of smoke. There was some smoke damage upstairs in the kitchen. But, I mean, the whole house didn't burn down or anything. But kitchen was extensively damaged. But... uh so they're going out there, you know, cleaning stuff up and throwing stuff away. But he goes, in the meantime, he goes, I was cleaning out the basement a little bit. And he goes, hey, I came across those tapes um, that I that I, I told you I'd get you. And I'm kind of looking, I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, those hockey tapes. He goes, I don't know what's on them, like hockey fights. And and so he didn't, I, I have no idea what's on these tapes because he didn't even really know what's on these tapes. And he didn't really make it clear. So I don't know if he just recorded the old, I had That'd be awesome if he recorded like early 80s, like just local news. Cause I've told the story before here, like on CFQC and like the old news back in the days in the early 80s, mid 80s, they would show when they showed the, ho- the highlights, they would show fights and like every once in a while, they like most of the time, you know, a few punches or whatever, but every once in a while they would show the whole fight. So it, you know, it, it would just be cool. I like, I don't know, maybe it's 90s stuff. Who knows? I mean, anything would be cool. But, uh, I mean, it's on VHS tape, so it can't be that new. But it'd be, I I so hope it's early 80s WHL stuff, like local stuff. I hope so. And I hope, because I'm not sure. they used The Blades used to play games on Shaw Cable, on, like, the local cable company. Um, like, if they played, like, on a Wednesday or Thursday, on, like, Sunday in the afternoon, Shaw would play the game back. So it was always cool. You'd go check the box score to see if there was any fights. Stupidly, I never... I recorded some, but not all, not very often, but I don't know how, how far back they did that. I'm not sure. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, In 85 or something they were doing. I don't think so. But, um, anyway, I'm, I really hope he has some old footage. That'd be really cool to see. So I'll keep you guys posted. But, uh, anyway, guys, how about we get into it here? I'll, uh, I will talk to you guys on Sunday, but in the meantime, here is my discussion with uh, Dean Mayrad. Thanks, guys. All right, here on the phone, a returning guest, a nine-year pro, the 2005 Battle of the Enforcers tournament winner, owner-operator of the Titans Boxing Club in Cold Lake, Alberta, Dean Mayrad. Dean, how are you doing today?
0: Excellent. Thanks for having me on again.
1: Oh, hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah. Well, your returning guest, and uh, no, actually, I, I always tell you, your, your first interview uh, was very well-received. And people were digging it. If, if people want to go back and listen, it's uh, you know we, we cover your entire career from uh, from uh, beginning of minor hockey all the way through uh, the the Western Pro and the Quebec some crazy Quebec league stories. And uh, but for today, I uh, I asked you to. Uh, I always like to do this. I've done this with Josh Mazer. I've done this with Chris Graf. Uh, your five toughest opponents, and of course you have the big fight card and everything else. So th- I mean that's covering a lot of ground a lot of guys on that fight card but uh yeah man so did you uh you manage to come up with a list of five yeah i i didn't you believe it or not Darren i didn't write a list this time it's all in my head and there there's a couple of guys that we got to
0: give an honorable mention to but i think uh to start it out the uh the first the first guy i'd say that was my uh my toughest opponent's got
1: to be uh mike Varhog. So are you saying this is number five or this would be number one?
0: This is, it's gotta be number one. Cause I, I did fight him a bunch of times. I fought him the most out of all the guys I'm going to mention.
1: Yeah. And it was
0: just like, he was just <clears throat> with my, my style just didn't work well with, uh, with his, with his height and his reach advantage. Like I just couldn't seem to get inside on him. I mean, like I said, in my in original interview with you, uh, I did well enough in my first couple because I think he was just didn't have a lot of strength to him, so I could kind of pull him around a little bit. But as he got stronger and learned how to do it better, I mean, much like myself, the, the, as the years go on, you get more used to it and you get better and better. The more you do it, the better you get. But he uh, he just uh, – he would always string me out, and he was uppercuts, just super hard for me to hit. And I've seen guys that were far smaller than me do much better than I did against them because they were able to, like – get in a tight spot and, and just kind of throw up. But uh but yeah, he was uh yeah, he was a tough guy for me to to get in on and
1: land anything. Well not and, and the and that's not only just the Quebec league. You went back you initially you were with Muskegon when you first fought him. And he was uh shit, I
0: fought him my first year when he was in I was in uh Amarillo, he would have been in Abilene. That's no, the first okay. time I fought him I think. And then, uh, yeah. Then he was playing for Flint when I was playing for
1: Muskegon.
0: Uh, shit, I fought him. I'm I'm pretty sure I fought him over ten times in my complete career.
1: Well, I will ask you this because, of course, we're going on the old on the old drop your glove site. They got you fighting him in Flint. It would be well, it would probably have been the third time you fought him. You fought him in the Western Pro, and then you fought him the year before. Yeah, you fought him. Uh, he was in Adirondack. You were in Muskegon. You fought him the year before, and then in 0102. You fought him in Flint, and it says here TKO loss. Did he catch you?
0: Uh, I like I don't remember him ever catching me with a hard one and me falling. But I mean, could have. I mean, I've been in enough of these things. My memory is not the best.
1: <laughs> well, and that was the, yeah, and like you said, you fought him three times that year when you're in Muskegon, and uh, yeah, and then of course then you run into him again at the in the LNAH. Um, well, and I'm, and I'm sure, like you just said over the years, as, as you got later on, I mean, you're, and when we talked about this in your other episode, you always said you had balance issues early and you kind of, you know, as you went on in the, and as you went on in the LNAH that, you know, you tighten that up. Well, obviously he'd probably be the same way actually, or he at least got thicker maybe and heavier and, uh, you know, um. And i even though he was almost pretty much, uh, I mean, you fought him twice right at the end of your career too. Um, so it's interesting. You kind of bookend your, your rookie pro year and then in your final year, um, over the years, how did he, how did it differ fighting him? Uh,
0: well, yeah, I'd, I'd say the number one, um, important thing that he developed was, uh, um, was his balance and then strength. Um, so he was able to just string me out and stay balanced where getting in on him was next to impossible. I just I just couldn't get in tight enough on him where every punch I threw, it seemed like it was a foot away from his head.
1: Yeah, wow. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah when you get but a dude... He's dim-
0: 700, like he's 10 feet tall for crying out loud. Yeah. Probably got well, was- a five-foot
1: arm. Wow, that's scary. When you get a guy that big that, that knows that... Learns how to use it. And then, yeah, that's even even scarier. I mean, there's some big dudes that don't know how to fight big, but then there's some big dudes that know how to do that shit. And, yeah, then that ain't good when they learn that. You know, but... uh, Uh, I would have loved
0: to have seen him and McIntyre go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Mm hmm Well, there you go. Mike Varhog, solid pick. Yeah. Number two on your list.
0: Number two has got to be... Um, and, again, like, this this guy can mix in uh, any of the different numbers. None of them is really going to, uh, like, he wasn't, like, a harder one for me to fight than one of the other guys I'm going to listen to. But Marty Malinchuk um, will be number two, just because at the time he was just super intimidated. so he was, like, one of those guys that I really had to get up for in my head. And I think I fought him twice, and neither one of them, were were any good just because he was so strong and I just didn't have any balance my rookie year. But, yeah, those were tough fights for sure. Do you know him?
1: Have you ever met him off the ice? I
0: don't know. I mean, I've met him off the ice. Actually, I was in Edmonton, uh, oh, geez, would have been about six years ago now. We had a, uh, a work function in the city. And uh, I was walking, uh, me and the wife were walking down, I forget what road it was, and he was a manager or a doorman at... Uh, some club and I was like, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah, yeah. We yeah. talked and
1: shit for a couple of minutes, and uh, away we went. That was one guy I was always surprised never went to the Quebec League.
0: Well, he was supposed to at one point. He was signed with Verdun. They had a picture of him with uh, Verdun Dragons jersey on. Um, but yeah, he never went. And I actually, so in uh, I asked him. I messaged him to see if he wanted to come on your show. And uh, he said he'd just been too far out of the loop for too long in the hockey league so he wasn't, wasn't game for it.
1: Yeah. Well, that was always kind of weird. It's like, holy shit. Are you serious? Like the stories that dude would have, it's like, oh man, he, uh, that guy's a legend down in the, down in the central league and shit. Yeah. With Arkansas and stuff, he would have been, uh, yeah, I'd love to talk to the meat grinder. He's a big fan favorite. The yeah. Man, the, the boys on the, on the old message boards and on Twitter and stuff, they would love to hear from, uh, hear some of his stories. Yeah, I know, I, I and
0: honestly, so... like, like I said to you before on uh, the podcast, like just at the time, like, he was massive, big old Mac, and he just had these antics on the ice that were just like you know how Joe Terry was always like twitching and like he's he, he's got these antics about him that, uh, that you know it's, it's intimidating. And he was one of those guys. He had all these crazy antics that
1: was scary. Oh yeah, that's why I was like, you talk about a guy that was tailor made for the LNH. Holy shit! You know he had, yeah. the, he had the nickname, yeah. the antics. I mean, yeah, you could have just, and then you just amplify him when you get to the LNAH. Oh man, he would have been a, yeah, he would have been a folk hero in Quebec. That's for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, number three, number three. You know what? Uh, it's
0: got to be Parker because uh, Parker has that weird spinning style. Like, yes, uh, you could kind of. It's kind of like Domi how he yeah, um, but he was hard to hit. Like unless you could slow that spin down, he, he played that spin pretty good. Um, yeah, so not that I was ever intimidated by him, but uh, it was just, he had a harder fighter fighting style to uh, to really make it a good one with him spinning like that. It kind of took away from my style.
1: Yeah, Parker, he, uh, well, good on his skates, right? And it was like, yeah, he had the good balance, and it was it was interesting because I remember when he first went to the league that first year there, and, man, did he cause a stir. Oh, he had the entire yeah. league, I think he had the entire league ready to kill him, you know, and uh, yeah. I'll get hey, dude fought everybody, didn't back down, put on a show every night, like, you know, he'd be an owner's dream, you know, that's for sure, but I know... Like, I know, talking to people in Val- I know Cote wanted to murder him. You know, and it was just like, you know, just from his antics. I know Morasti. I don't know if they hated him the person, but they sure hated him on the ice anyway. And it was, uh, you know, it uh, and, I, and I kept waiting. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to get it. Someone's going to get him. And, uh, no one ever really got him. Not really. Not for a while. I mean, Varhog kind of dropped him the one fight there and whatever. But those first couple years in the LNAH, yeah, he did, he did really well And like you said, with the spinning He tip. did, like,
0: like yeah. he just, he had, his, his style was like You know, he wasn't killing guys nope. But he had a, he had a relatively defensive style That was, that was hard to, hard for anyone to look good against
1: Yeah, and, he, and it wasn't like he, and it wasn't like he was the biggest guy Like, he's not huge No I'm like, looking. I think he fought him like six times that first year he was in the league yeah. That first season. Yeah. Oh five. Yeah, like so what's that? Three? Yeah, three. Yeah. Four.
0: So four would have to be I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bossé next, just because with our uh with our history of, you know, developing a friendship before before he was even in the league and uh and that being, you know, important to both of us. And then him climbing up in the league and us, you know, playing against each other and still staying friends and, you know, where I worked with him on the side. And then when he started, when he started knocking guys out, and then I had to, I had to step in. so it was a, it was a hard, like, you know, I've fought my friends on the ice before and, and off the ice and it's uh I mean, whatever, we kind of, you live by a sword, die by a sword, that kind of thing. But, uh, this, this one was harder because, you know, it was a, it was a special friendship, you know, and, uh, he was a young guy who really wanted to to succeed. And, uh, I didn't really know how to take it. didn't really want to do it at all, but I kind of, it came to a point where it's my job and I got to do it. And then the fact that after the first time there, he, uh, he was skating around kind of quoting about it in, in our arena, um, yeah, that's when they kind of had to had to turn that friendship thing off and look for revenge
1: yeah you, you had to right it wrong there it uh well and all the guys and I mean everybody of course boss they had the, the moraasty fights and everybody everybody seen boss he was in the UFC um was like uh was, was he kind of the not that you were scared. That's not the right word. But, you know, was he the biggest guy, like, in terms of, like, punching power? Was that the guy out of everyone you've, like, you were kind of like, yeah, I got to be a little careful here. Like, I can't. I mean, I'm not saying you didn't say yeah, that with I... hog or whatever. But, I mean, with Boss a, I mean, you've seen the damage he's done. You know, so was it like, okay, I got to pay a little more attention?
0: No, and honestly, so, then that might have been one of my faults. So, going in there against him... I like that first time. I went in half-assed. I went in kind of half-assed. Like I wasn't really, I wasn't really too worried. And and maybe I should have been. Maybe I should have followed with a little bit more. Should have followed with a little bit more urgency. Or you know, and I, and I just didn't. I did the second time, and it showed. But. Uh, yeah, and even those. I think we fought again that, that that next year. I came back after for a weekend or whatever, but that wasn't a real fight. I had a broken right hand and a sprained ankle when I fought him. That other time, we both had the blonde mohawks there, so they weren't real fights. And and he kind of knew it too. He knew I was I was hurt, and we kind of just did it, just to do it.
1: But yeah, the the first two fights when he was with Verdun, that those were uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: those were real. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, well, that was uh, yeah. So what? Oh, geez, I already lost, we're busy yapping here. I lost count. Ah, so number five, yeah, number five.
0: Number five, gotta TNX. This could be a bunch of different guys, but I got to give this one to uh, Link. Link's gotta be. So there's Terryo too. That's gotta be in there. Somehow, but uh, with Terrio, I was like I beat him on the in the ring twice, and I, you know, when I first fought him, um, I was scared. So it was my first year, I believe, and I was just kind of climbing up into that into uh, into the role a little bit better. But uh, um, Link's got to be in there like because he was notorious, right? Link, the the, the notorious missing link. So
1: um,
0: yeah, I was happy with. With how those turned out, but uh, same time, he's a big scary man.
1: Okay. Uh, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot because you and I we didn't talk about this, but uh, Link Gates. The name has come up recently. Actually, just yesterday or the day before, on Five for Fighting, Alex. Everybody knows who listened to the show. Everybody knows who Alec is. He runs the Enforcer Group on the fa- the Facebook page. The Enforcer. Okay, let's try this again. Take two. The Enforcer Appreciation page on Facebook. He runs it. Okay. Anyway, somebody put up the video of Jason Hamilton and Link Gates when they got into the stick-swinging fight in the Quebec League. Okay. Well, then there's a bunch of comments underneath. You know, a few folks, a few Facebook heroes. I laughed at the one guy calling them pussies. It's like, do you even know who you're talking about? You know? <laughs> like I don't think Jason Hamilton and Link Gates are pussies, but okay, buddy, whatever. Anyway, one of the comments was from Brandon Coates. Now, I'm not going to say, because Brandon played in the Western Hockey League in Portland, and he played pro, so he knows what he's talking about. But he also, he lived with Link Gates when they were in Nashville. And I think that might be skewing his judgment a little bit, because I don't think he likes Link the person very much. (laughs) So I think he might be a little bitter about that. But his comment was, Link Gates wasn't much of a fighter, he was just big. Oh, that's man!
0: You can say what you want about Linkage. Like, there's a, there's a million different ways from Sunday that you can describe him. For many of the people who have met him in uh, in his rare form, but uh, one thing that he was exceptional at was fighting.
1: Well, yeah, it had nothing and to do with he, size. you seen it, and you can
0: see it in all of his. And like, he just, he's really good at it Like, it was just, it was natural to him He was just a natural brawler And he, he did it well
1: Yeah, and my, my, sort of my my issue with that And I'm at the same time, because this guy's like Oh, I fought him off the ice, I fought him on, you know, whatever So, okay, I'm not, you know, I never fought him So, I am mean, gonna whatever I'm just saying When this dude was 21, he was taking He was going toe-to-toe with a prime Bob Probert in the San Jose Cow Palace so, yeah. uh, you could say he's big and, you know, he's just big. He's not much of a fighter. Because this guy said, I've been around real fighters. Link isn't one of them. Yeah, uh, come on, man. I mean, Tony Twist has even talked about Link Gates. I've, Link Gates filled Tony Twist in. Uh, you know, like, I think it, also his his being around Link was after the car accident too. When obviously there was some brain damage and whatever. Obviously a different dude, yeah. too. You know, so it's not the San Jose Sharks link gates. But at the same time, even when he was in the Quebec League, and yeah, okay, yeah, he was out of shape and whatever, I wouldn't have wanted to fight that guy.
0: No, no. I <laughs> Like, man, I swear to God, I think I said this in a recent Like you could hit that guy over the head with a, with a two-by-four, with the hardest swing possible. And I truly believe you'd have trouble knocking him down.
1: Well, I, I've said this on this show a bunch of times, The story that, you know, oh, my friend was talking to Patrick Cote. And Patrick Cote, and this is Patrick Cote, again, I was who's a known tough dude, extremely tough dude. He said, I hit Link Gates the hardest I've ever hit anyone. And all he did was grunt, you know, and kept coming. <laughs> you know, and he's like, at that his point, his face
0: he, is built for it. His yeah. face is just like uh it just is massive. Like it's just massive head. You can tell he's like he could just take your hard punch you give him and nothing would happen.
1: Yeah, like when I when I when I hear someone say like, Oh, he's just big but he can't fight to to me, I don't, I don't mean this as a disrespectful thing, but that's more like Brandon Christian than Link Gates. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't knock Brandon and Christian because I mean he fought a million times too. That's actually probably not a very good example, but uh, but you know what I'm saying. I wouldn't I would say yeah. link link I wouldn't put Link Gates in the not a very good fighter category.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely
1: not. Hey, when you were uh, just as we're talking here, and you like you said with the sh- when we were earlier with the Terrio and the, the Melnichuk and stuff, and they got the the twitching and the yelling and the whatever. When you were in the. And I know you were never a big yeller, twitcher, yelling guy, but uh, <laughs> w- was there anybody that was like, you know, when you guys were doing the warm-ups and they're kind of cruising center, like, like, was there anybody, who was, like, the biggest yapping guy that you were just like, I'm going to... Uh,
0: frickin' Hamilton.
1: Okay. <laughs> did you fight Hamilton?
0: I did, yeah, yeah. How'd uh, that spice, go? I believe. They, actually, um, they both were really good. That second one, the second one in the same game, um, I think I beat him that one, but I broke my hand. And he, like, we were both out for a long time. Like, when he fell, he did something to his rib or something like that. So, after that second fight, we were both out for, like, six weeks.
1: He was a tough dude, man. Like, he fought a lot of guys. He was, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, I'm trying to think. Somebody else fucking hated that guy, too. I can't remember who I was. Was it Swanson? I can't remember who I was talking to. Somebody else didn't like him either. He's going to
0: hate because he's just always like, always mad face, yelling, like always, like, yeah, he's one of those guys. Like, all oh, right, enough already.
1: I'm gonna. Uh, and
0: oddly enough, I just got a friendship request from him on Facebook today. Yeah, what? I
1: accepted. Yeah, somebody I was talking to <laughs> said he was a nice guy. It's just, hey, no one said you had to like him on the ice. Um, Actually, as, as I'm just kind of going through your, your fight card, I know I asked you for your top five, but and we probably already talked about this in the other episode, but I just want to throw names out. Because I've seen, obviously I've seen lots of your fights, because I have the DVDs and stuff, but I don't remember, how did your fight with Tasker go? Um, they were, I think I fought him a couple times too, it was good, I think that was... Uh...
0: So that was a really good fight. He's a tough dude, man. Really, really tough oh, dude. Yeah. for his size. Like, and I love the way he threw. He threw right down the pipe, and and he fought open. And uh, yeah, I got nothing but respect for that guy.
1: How was um, you know? I mean, obviously, we I you know we mentioned him earlier. I brought him up earlier. Was Kote. Um, uh, I know you popped Pat a couple times. Um, <laughs> What, yeah, what? he's got
0: to be actually. Like I, I, I left him off that list, but I, I, he's got to be on there too. I mean, man, like when I talk about how intimidating Marty Melnichuk was, like there wasn't much, much more intimidating. Like Pat Cote, when he stepped on the ice. I've told this before. It was just like the whole, like the, the fans would erupt every time he and he played regularly. It was just as soon as he started skating, he was so strong and so fast. He was just like. Smash into the boards on both sides. Like even if he missed the guy, the fans would still erupt. And then he was just a like just such a big powerhouse out there that he was just like it was. No one wanted to puck when he was on the ice.
1: Oh yeah, well, like I said, you're not the only one who said that. There's been a bunch of guys in this show that said like Goate was like the scariest fucker ever. You know, like yeah, yeah. Well, another thing I wanted to talk to you about. So that there was your. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, look at the names. Like you said, it's sort of all, you know, with with those names and those guys. I mean, it could be all be all interchangeable at that point. I mean, it's uh, pretty tough to pick one over the other with uh, when you when you talk about guys like that. But uh, um, one of the things, you know, is on on this side of the microphone, as a fan and whatever, and always being a big L&H guy, and you know, Ian Alec and all have different guys on the show. And us as little fight nerd fans, all talk about who we think's great and whatever. But um, one of the topics that kind of doesn't get, like, underrated guys, like, in terms of, like, when you guys were around, who was sort of, like, a, like, everybody, everybody talks about the you and the Morastis and the Bosses and the Terio and all that, but who was kind of an under-the-radar guy that was, like, it was a bad motherfucker, man. He just doesn't get a lot of talk, but... <laughs> You know what,
0: there was a lot of guys, and actually you and I touched base on this before, it wasn't we just talked on the phone one day, I remember I was at work, um, there's a bunch of guys that came in to that league, but weren't there very long, that just don't get talked about, that were really good, Alex Penner, he's one of them, that, yep. uh, Frank Lessard, he's another one, I mean, kopeck um, I don't know why he doesn't get talked about more, like, Kopech was a destroyer, man, he was wiry, and he was fast, and threw down the pipe, um. Uh, Matthew Rabi, in my opinion, gets way too much respect. The people talk about him all the time, but none of my fights that I've ever seen him, none of the fights I've ever seen him in, he ever did good. He was just like, just wrestle, 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 and, you know, barely would throw, and all the punches that he did throw, they were just little short ones. Like, like you watch uh, Terrio's fights in his last couple of years. Um, every one of his fights, like, you're just, uh, you're watching him throw, and he's standing in there, and he's talking to his opponent. I mean, those are those are humdingers. Those are the best of the best. Those are the best you're going to see. Yeah. No, absolutely. But, yeah, if you spit some names out, like Jack Redlick, he's another one. He wasn't there for very long. Yep. He was a defenseman for Sorrell. That guy was freaking tough, man. Even, uh, uh who's that tall, uh, oh, skinny guy? I think who died in a uh,
1: zombie oh. accident. Lawson. Lawson. Lawson, yeah, he was freaking tough, man. That guy. Um, very. I always say Jay, Tyler Lawson that old five year man. He uh, when like Bosse and John and Johnny were really cruising. I don't yeah. want to say Lawson took it to him, but put it this way: they didn't beat Lawson. We'll put it that way, and it's like he was, and he was so young and so big and so good. Uh, that guy had so much potential. It's a real shame he had, you know, yeah. obviously issues off ice and whatever, but. Yeah, I remember talking to a bunch of people, and they're like, oh, that guy could have went so far in hockey. But uh, yeah.
0: And Jack Redlick, man, Jack Redlick yep. was this big, scary-looking dude that was an incredible skater, wicked, like incredible D-man. He was young, I remember his wife was pregnant. They were there for two and a half months or something like that, and once he found out his wife was pregnant, they moved back home, and he got a pipeline job someplace, and that
1: was it. Yep. Um yeah, well, well, and I mean, like one guy that I always like to bring up that he doesn't get talked, he should get talked about all the time because his fights are fucking awesome. I don't actually wouldn't say he's under the radar because people that follow the league know him, and I know you fought him a few times. Was uh, Manny Facette? Yeah, he. You know what?
0: He was uh he was a small, small guy, and he was a gamer. He was in wicked shape. He was a boxer, but to be honest with you, like. Watching him, I don't know, and maybe I didn't see as many as you have, obviously, but uh, his fights were kind of, they were a bit tie-up-ish as well. And, I mean, I'm not knocking that. It's just they don't make for as good of the fights as what I just explained about, you know, Terrio and oh, yeah. like, going open like that and throwing down the pipe and switching hands. Like, um, like a lot of Frachette's fights were, like, in tighter, so they didn't make for as good of fights.
1: How about um, Tice? Oh, hey, Like that, was, that guy had freaking, he had a
0: bomb, man. And it was like, how many times did he land that on guys and just drop them right there? He wasn't a big guy. and It was just like, he used that atomic
1: bomb the best way it could possibly be used. Oh, him and uh, um, Corey Holland. Uh, Holland had some fucking knockouts too. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Holland was good. Yep. Yeah, it was uh I know you fought him a few times. Here's a, well, here's a guy that doesn't get talked about much. Um, Jesse Grenier. Yeah, he was he was
0: uh he was pretty good as well. Like I don't know what his history was. Uh like how long he played
1: or if he played in the
0: States or all, yeah, but he was tough too.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean there's like uh <laughs> there's um like you said, there's there's so many guys. That's funny. I never actually. I, as I'm scrolling your fight card, I didn't even actually realize you fought this guy. Speaking it, Lucas Nairling. Huh. I, I don't even
0: know who that is.
1: Really? Yeah, he was in Verdun. Yeah. I, I, well, he couldn't have been there long. I don't even. I don't. I didn't even know he had played in the LNAH. I always thought he was a United Hockey League guy. Hmm. Well, there you go. There, uh, there,
0: were some like speaking of guys that no one talks about. Like I, I not None of them come to. Coming to my mind right now, but there was a bunch of guys that were like skilled second line guys. But if they like uh, if they got into one, they were they were really really like they were really really tough. But they didn't have to do it as much. Um, Ivy, um, Corey, Eisen, he comes to yeah. he comes to my mind like that guy. For he wasn't very big, but oh, could he throw and could he fight? And he was like he didn't fight a lot per se, but he was he was a skilled guy.
1: Oh, it was Zanzoff.
0: Oh yeah, Rozansoff could fight too. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's yeah. pretty—he's pretty good player. Uh, he was, yeah. Conrad McKay? Uh yeah,
0: he was—he wasn't around for very long. He came to our team for a little bit.
1: He was only—I think
0: he was only around for a couple weeks, but.
1: Yeah, well, I know he was in in, Paul uh, for a while too. Um, did. Oh, speaking of which, I was kind of going through some old pictures and stuff. I'm going to throw throw a name at you. I don't think you fought him. You were Neil Pasilico? I do. You know what?
0: I do know that name. I just, uh, I don't know where where, or where I played against him
1: at. Well, he was in trois It was, uh, that might have been actually, he might have been there kind of when you were, I know that one year when you were hurt, actually. You're kind of, he might have been in there in 07 a little bit. Now that, I'm, now that I get, I think I might get my timelines mixed up. Actually, you might have been gone when he came in kind of thing. Oh, well, before we, uh, I, I go here, I think obviously we probably, I would have had to have brought this name up in the episode previous with you, with your interview, but just as I'm looking at his name, do you have any, uh, I know you fought him a few times, uh, Toporowski. Yeah, Toporowski,
0: I mean, but, but that's funny, because at the time, like, I mean, I was in Muskegon. Quad City was uh, was the team that won it, like, the last four years. Before that, we had a big rivalry with them. And um, I think I fought Goulash three times, <laughs> fought yeah. Toprowski three times, to fought McFarlane three times, I think. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fights against Quad City that year. Um, yeah, I mean, I... None of none of them that was a long time ago, so I don't really remember, but uh, Kerry Toporowski had a big reputation at that time from back in the junior days when he was just a Looney Ben. But it's funny because he's he's like a banker, a financial investor, yeah. Advisor or something yeah.
1: like that. Well there's so many stories and I had a guy on here, uh, Steve Adams, who played against him and he had he told the Toporowski story where, you know, they were fucking skating down the ice with each other or going to the benches and uh, they were just talking. He said something to Topper, like, something, like, almost like, oh, I was, I'm a fan of yours or something like that. And Topperowski goes, oh, yeah? And jammed his fucking stick right in his mouth, you know, <laughs> busted out his teeth <laughs> oh, and shit.
0: Oh, I know who doesn't get mentioned enough. Kevin Holland. Yes. Yeah. He he came, so, he we came to uh, the mission together. And, uh, and man, I forget how how it all happened, but... I don't know if he broke his hand or something happened and uh, he was, he was enrolled in school at the time and he ended up suing the Remyards, I think, cause he never got paid and blah, blah, blah. He had some, some issues and he never went back to hockey after that. He played, I don't know, maybe 10 games, something like that. And he had a pretty bad injury where maybe it was his knee. I forget what it was, but it was a bad enough injury that he couldn't play the rest of the season and um but he was he was tough as nails and he wasn't the biggest guy either and he would take on anybody.
1: Oh yeah. Like, I mean holidays, yeah, absolutely. Kinda had that big especially on that documentary. Well they filmed it that documentary where right? he makes the big run in the Central League when he fights like forty sometimes or whatever. But yeah. yeah No, he was uh yeah, absolutely. Well uh Well, there we go. There's uh Dean Mayrad's uh underrated and top or yeah, the top five and um, one thing I, I do have to ask you about, of course, it's been going around and, you know, we were talking about off air. I don't know how much you want to get into it, but I'll get your feelings on it because people have been asking when they heard I was going to talk to you. Um, of course, Josh Grattan and the rest of them have been talking about this, this UFC sponsored hockey fight tournament that they're, it's not even a tournament, I guess, but hockey fight event. And of course you famously won the 2005 battle of the hockey Foresters tournament um, have they talked to you about this and what are your feelings on the whole thing?
0: Yeah, gotten got, a hold of me. Um, and, uh, I mean, there was some on that, uh, hockey enforcers, um, page that Alec, uh, Alec has there. Uh, there was some, there was some beacon going on between Parker and I, and it seemed that, uh, so interested. So keep in mind, this was, 16 years ago right so yeah. uh i'm 43 years old right now <clears throat> i'm not out of shape and i think i can still compete um i don't think i thought about it quite a bit i really like the idea i really like what they're doing i want to i hope that it works out um and then um depending on how the first couple events go i'll uh i'll think about getting into it uh if everything goes well, and if the money's right, um, but yeah, I'm excited about it. it sounds It sounds uh, sounds good for uh, for the hockey guys that uh, and the fans that want to want to watch that. They can't see it the same in uh, in the game anymore.
1: Yes, well, so there you go, folks. I mean, it was. Uh, I know there was a few people go, "This isn't real. It's all bullshit and whatever." And well, there you ha- there you heard it right from the horse's mouth. He was contacted about it, and there's people talking about it. So. You know, we're not just blowing smoke up people's asses. Um, it was funny enough, uh, I know Parker, because Derek won the, the tournament that they held they had in Finland, and uh, he had kind of said he was the champ, and then you kind of said you were, and whatever. But uh, I know I had Jay on from Finland, who was one of the coordinators of that event in Finland, and uh, he had talked about wanting to have you in it. And he was uh, he was really mad that they didn't bring you over, but he was he. Was well, the- I never got, I was never even contacted
0: about it, and then I I didn't even find out about it until after it happened. So I don't know I don't know what what went out there, but.
1: Uh, well, according to him, he's he wanted to have you there, but I don't know what happened with the with the uh, with the whole organizers and stuff. But he was uh, he was pumping your tires anyway, and he he told me when I said I was going to have you on again, he said tell Dean once again that. I wanted him in Finland, but it was it wasn't his show. But he was trying to get you there anyway, because I would have been interesting to see you come I, back. Well, one hundred percent. It just doesn't make sense that they'd have an event like
0: that and wouldn't invite uh, the person that won it. You know, in the original one, I don't it doesn't make sense to me.
1: Well, that was and that was his point too to the organizers. You know, so but uh, yeah, well, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, like you said, what what happens with this. Uh, going forward here with the if the UFC if they uh you know hopefully hopefully it can happen i i'm interested to see who they get and and how it goes but uh well right now like you said you're in shape and 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 staying in shape at forty three and uh like i said at the introduction uh you were uh, one of the owners of the titans boxing club at uh in cold lake and uh how's that well i mean obviously with the pandemic and going on right now you guys aren't uh aren't up and running but uh when you guys were going, how was it? Uh, how was business, and uh, and and tell us a little bit about the about the club.
0: Oh, uh, it's uh, super frustrating with this COVID baloney. With I'm uh, shutting us down all the time, but uh, it is going really, really good. And it, honestly, it's one of those things that uh, I really get excited about to be able to give back, and uh, and I, more so to show these. These kids that uh, so more so much more as possible. I mean, we're surrounded by people that you know go to work for a living, punch a clock. Which nothing's wrong with that, but like when you're young, that's the time to you know shoot for the stars, aim big, think big. And what's the worst that can happen? You make it halfway there, or or you know you you, you get a sniff someplace. I mean, those uh, those opportunities they're just. Uh, They're not there unless you chase after them. No one's going to come knocking at your door for those special opportunities. So I love teaching kids that, uh, you know, especially guys that are some of the younger kids that are skilled in there. And I say, you know, do you you want to compete? And they're, they're hesitant. Well, why not well like i mean you're doing it already you're in here sparring you're doing it like just push that envelope a little bit and like that's where the that's where the gold is when you push past those barriers and uh and you actually challenge yourself and it's going to carry through the rest of your life when you do challenge yourself it's nice to see these kids putting in the work consistently getting better and and then their demeanor changes their character changes they're more confident they're involved in more things you can see them get more involved and everything like that's that's the reason why we're doing it and it's fun to to watch all that happen
1: are you guys strictly boxing or do you do mma as well
0: we don't do any, any mma but it's something that we might uh we might start to incorporate cause, uh, down the road we've got uh we've got five owners and uh two of the owners have mma backgrounds tim camelli and tyler trim so uh we all all the owners have full-time jobs so um it is tough to to get there and stay open as much as we are but uh if for example the right guy came in uh maybe as a volunteer coach or if we could work something out to work out some time slots where we do some bjj or you know incorporate some other stuff then we'd
1: probably be into that down the road did you have you ever done any mma or were you always a boxer no never just a boxing guy how many uh how many amateur fights do you have Almost 20. I think you're at 19 now. Okay. There you go. Well, I know what was your last one? Was the Drum Heller one your last one? Yeah, Drum Heller, September 2019. And that was what? A second round stoppage? Was it not? Yeah, second round stoppage. There you go. Is that something you want to pursue once this all kind of clears up? Did you want to keep fighting or. Well, honestly,
0: for the last couple of years, I, I, I really wanted to uh, compete as a pro and. I, like uh, like I said, I'm 43 years old, so um, I'm busy enough with coaching in there and with work and kind of running the company, the uh, the gym there. Um, and then this COVID stuff kind of closing that window in on me. I don't know. I think the chances of me if I continue and fighting as a pro slim to none at this point, but I'm not going to rule it out just yet. Um, like. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I don't want to hang them up completely yet, but uh, there's still some play, there's still some shit in the basement there, so we'll see.
1: Well, and I know, um, like, throughout, I know your hockey career stuff, you you always had, you know, you had the hand problem. How is your hand doing? I haven't had
0: any problems with it in a long time, not going to lie.
1: Excellent, excellent. Well, man, I know you got night shift and everything happening, so I don't want to keep you too long, but... Uh, Hey, I want to thank you for for co- I know it was short notice to get you on, too. But uh, I want to thank you for coming on again. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Dan. I love chatting with you. Excellent, man. I appreciate it. Have a have a good night. You too, my friend.
0: And you people that don't like fighting, how many of did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?